Hey guys, this is Sam and Maki, two friends born in the U.S. and raised in African families pursuing wholeness, whatever that means. This is a podcast for us by us. So come take a seat at the table and let's chop it up. y'all the journey of how we got here (laughs) when i say this podcast is a fight a fight (laughs) to sustain all my life i had to fight to keep this podcast (laughs) all my life but we here we made it we recorded it and someone deleted the audio by mistake we're not gonna point fingers we're not gonna say names okay. <laughs> but someone just know that someone, someone accidentally deleted the audio so here we are re-recording um not someone amy but okay <laughs> <laughs> but welcome to another episode of am i whole yet this is your host sam and maki we in here for another conversation we're gonna yes. be talking about coping mechanisms today but before we get into all that how are you doing girl absolutely i'm saying absolutely because whenever that check i don't know that check-in question how are you doing just feels so heavy (laughs) yeah um especially am i doing Yeah. yeah i've never been the like how are you doing i'd be like oh i'm good i'm fine like i just don't even want to like you really want to know how I'm doing? <laughs> Do you really? Are you sure you want to go down this rabbit hole? Right. And I don't even want to talk about it right now. So, yeah, that's how I'd be feeling sometimes. Um, but essentially, yeah, I'm, you know, still in the same predicament that I was last time. So life is a bit complicated at the moment. Um, juggling a few different responsibilities and as far as like family things and work things and not being in my apartment and yeah, just feeling a little bit, you know, out of, out of normal. Um, and we talked about this, that, you know, just notice myself thinking ahead. I'm like, okay, when this season is done or longing to wishing I was where I was before, but mm-hmm. just needing to find like a new baseline, a new normal and kind of be present and figure things out like day by day. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And when you, when you said that yesterday, I was saying like, it feels like the whole world is where you're at right now, which is trying to really adjust to the new normal. I think for a long time, we all thought Corona wasn't going to be around for a long time. So the season was going to pass very quickly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, including me, were just kind of surviving and like just trying to get through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like this pandemic is not going to go anywhere for a while so now we need to catch up adjust and start living in ways that are beneficiary to our mental health (laughs) physical health and all of that and not just like try to survive but actually try to adjust and thrive in the new normal yeah exactly so 
Um, you're not alone with that. We all in the same boat, girl. We in the same boat. Yeah. And um, I feel like, I don't know, just even want to acknowledge on the mic just the hard stuff going on in real life and in our world. Like you said, the pandemic, like we're coming on a year of when everything shut down. Isn't that crazy? Right. Like there were reports about it um, around this time last year. We didn't know what it was. It was just something out there, far east, whatever. I was still planning to go to Thailand. (laughs) 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 Crazy. Mm. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have our people down in Texas um yeah what they're going through no power no water just no heat um people losing their lives yeah houses like stuck situations young kids and cold home like very desperate situations um and then also just wanted to even mention the our asian and asian american brothers and sisters like what they're going through um just the Mm -hmm. heightened like racial attacks violence on like their elderly like very 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 evil scary stuff um Mm -hmm. and yeah just feeling like the weight of all of that and I just felt like it was important enough and wanted to say that on the mic yeah and it's actually very fitting to to mention all of these things because that's why we decided to have a conversation about coping because it's been very highlighted for each of us especially Mm -hmm. like I'll speak for myself the ways in which I cope to certain situations have been very highlighted during this season because of all the external stressors Mm -hmm. on top of my own internal things that I'm going through so we hope this conversation is helpful for you guys Um, it's helpful for me because it's opening my eyes up more to Um, healthier ways of coping and giving me more knowledge around that yeah that's so good you didn't ask me how i was Ah! rude embarrassing (laughs) very embarrassing kind of embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) got him (laughs) got him good got him good all right. Well, baby although y'all girl. didn't ask. No, baby girl. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's put the spotlight on you a little bit. How mm-hmm. has this week been? Um, especially since we last talked or last were on the mic. Yeah, how have you been? I've been so much better. I'm back on the East Coast, so that's a win for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never living leaving for three months at a time again. It's <laughs> <laughs> another thing I learned. Um, but I've been so I've been doing well in that I'm back in my space. Um, ask me again in a week if I'm thriving or not, okay. because I have to kind of get back into my routine. I've been out of my apartment and out of my routine for the past three months. So I have to regain all of those muscles that I was already building, the healthy ones, mm-hmm. um, like exercising, like eating healthy like sleeping on time, like taking my dog out often. So I think once I can get 
back into my routine, I will feel better. But right now I'm kind of still in survival mode. I don't feel like my feet have really touched the ground yet in terms of like realizing that I'm back in my place and what that means because I was around people for so long. And whenever I'm in Philly, I'm not around people as much. So there's a stark difference there. So I'll let you know in a week. No, that makes sense because, you know, when you're in Ohio, like, I feel like your life is very transient. Like, you could be, you know, who you might see or, like, spend the night out with or mm-hmm. um, just, I'm like, every day. by the way. I don't know no, why no, she no, said no. it like that. <laughs> with friends, with friends, with friends. I spend the night out, I met friends. <laughs> <laughs> she met friends, y'all. <laughs> don't do me like that. <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry. She said who you might be spending the night with. <laughs> um, excuse me? <laughs> My partner's listening to this podcast. My bad. My bad. Um, No, yeah. So I just meant to say, like, it makes sense why you're longing for the the routine, the regularity. So Mm -hmm. that'll come come about soon. But I'm excited you're back in your place. Yes, me too. I will ask you in a week on the mic, and I won't forget next time. How about that? That's fine. That's fine by me. Okay. I love accountability. All right. Y'all hold me accountable, okay? (laughs) But let's let's get into this conversation. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So, like Sam said, we're jumping into um, a conversation around coping mechanisms. And so, let me just read this definition real quick just to kind of frame us a little bit. So coping is defined as the thoughts and behaviors mobilized to manage the internal and external stressful situations. So sometimes coping mechanisms can be, you know, intentional choices or they can be kind of subconscious or unconscious um, to the person. And so if you see those two words like mechanism is referring to like that method or that process and then coping is the part where it's dealing with problems or difficulties so all of that to say coping me- mechanism, a coping mechanism is a way to deal, to reduce and or tolerate with the stress caused by life. So coping is very human. We do have to like overcome, adapt to stressful situations to life. So it's very human. So let's like maybe jump into a little bit how we see that show up in our lives. Yeah. Sam, tell us a little bit about how you see coping coping patterns um what have you noticed in your life um I would say my first one that always comes to mind is my relationship with food as a way of coping I've noticed that when I'm more um I'm when I'm stressed when I'm going through periods of life where I'm stressed I tend to eat more and be more out of control when it comes to food because I'm a foodie. I love food. It's very comforting to my soul. So I overdo the eating. Um, Another one that I could think of is depression naps. That's one that I know is a coping mechanism because when I'm sad, all I can do is sleep. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it feels more natural to sleep than to be awake. Mm -hmm. So that's one that, because it just, it's an escape. I don't have to deal with the problem. I remember... When my sister passed away, um, and this was like in 2009, if I'm, it's been a while. Yeah, 2009. Um, After the funeral, I just remember 
every time I would wake up, like feeling that crushing weight of reality, it's like for the first like five minutes or maybe first 10 seconds, even when you wake up, you're kind of unaware, you're still groggy, you just came out of a nap. And then all of a sudden reality smacks you in the face and it's like all the like sadness sinks in again, the Mm. reality of like the loss sinks in again. And I feel like that's when I I developed that sleeping coping mechanism because I just remember just wanting to be away from my emotions, away from the sadness in the household, away from everything. And the only way I could do that was to sleep. So I would just sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep. So for me, those would be the two that I feel like I primarily can run to when I'm not in a healthy uh, place. For sure. What about you? Yeah, I think um, the main one that's, you know, been my main way of coping, like historically, I would say, is like daydreaming um, or like just fantasy, like being in my head. Uh, I mean, I remember like as early as like middle school or even like elementary, like late elementary, um, you know, just having like social anxiety and like transitioning from um you know, sixth grade to seventh grade, we were in a new school. It was like so many new kids, you know, I'm like this, you know, new girl with the weird name. Like it was just Midwest white, you know, high school, middle school, whatever Mm. district, like it was just very overwhelming. Um, and I didn't know how to, how my life was going to look like or where I would fit in and belong and all of that. And so just remembering like there would be like stories and, um, you know, scenes and I would just, play them in my head and it was like an escape it was disassociating i can't with you (laughs) i'm just picturing little little maki just picturing like being a princess in a castle somewhere (laughs) like one day my prince will come (laughs) not the stereotype i'm crying what were you Um, fantasizing about i'm trying to think a cinnamon bun no cake (laughs) (laughs) that'd be me I'm fantasizing about I'm the crying. pizza I'm about to have when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, I think, I think, you know, of course they'd be like little, you know, I, I'd have little school crushes and stuff and, um, you know, but I think the main thing about my, you know, fantasies were like, you know, I didn't have that social anxiety. Like I was outspoken and outgoing and people liked me and, um, you know, all the things that I was scared of in real life. Like I never had that. It was never risky in my mind, if that made sense. And so for me, that was like something I would go to. I think in college, having a little bit more freedom and all of that, um, you know, maybe trying to live out those fantasies. I don't know now that I said it out loud, but, um, yeah, just like going out, like <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> Let me stop there because, <laughs> um, but kind of like a little bit like reckless behavior, like high risk, basically, like, um, you know, just like over drinking, going out too much, like very impulsive, uncalculated, basically reckless. Like there are ways yeah. to like go out and have plans that that are safe that you know you're with people that you know that where yeah. you aren't trying to escape your emotions yeah you know that that kind of thing i was gonna say um 
I feel like a lot of my coping mechanisms came from having to suppress, um, mm-hmm. having to suppress emotion, having to suppress uh, my voice. Um, as a child, I always had to learn to kind of soothe myself. And because as a child, you don't know how to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. I started turning to those things. And I don't think food or sleeping was, I, I wish I could remember. I have a really bad memory when it comes to like my childhood memories. They're just like spots here and there. But I wish I could remember how I coped as a child. But I know for a fact that talking about your feelings was not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um when traumatic things happened in the household or things that were alarming, we weren't allowed to talk about it to other people just because as Africans, we pride ourselves on just presenting the certain image uh, because we care so much about, as Congolese people at least, like we care so much about what other people have to say and how other people view us. So it was taught very early, like you keep your stuff to yourself. You don't tell mm-hmm. anybody And I think I see that manifesting now as an adult because I tend to go through my hard things by myself. Mm. Um, I've come a long way with that in that now I'm a little bit more open with myself, but I was just keeping things to myself. I always wanted to be the go-to person for the other people, to be the Mm -hmm. strong friend, but I never allowed anybody else to be the strong friend for me because I never learned how to do it and because there was a lot of shame around sharing and being vulnerable yeah so yeah it, it definitely like my family of origin and the things that i saw growing up definitely had an influence on how like what kind of coping skills i developed in some ways most definitely i th- i think too um related to what you're saying is like the coping mechanisms that you had as a child um those were the things that were accessible to you at that age you know what i mean like you can necessarily yeah. like drink yeah. your feelings away or smoke your feelings right. or like whatever um, or like work away your feelings or something like that. But like you could get more food, you could buy candy, you could sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, like I, I could also have food. I could um, be in my room and daydream. Eventually, like I had a computer. So, you know, I'd be on there like watching YouTube videos all day long or all night long or whatever. Um And so you're going to do what you have to do to survive because those emotions are like, you're going to do whatever you need to do to tolerate that stress that's going on internally. And so I think similar to you, like the, the message that I got from home was like, there wasn't ever going to be like an outlet to, um, like for someone to help me like manage the emotions you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I never thought to myself, like, this stressful thing at school happened and I'm going to go to my parents for some mm-hmm. advice on it. Because I, I and I believe like at one point, like probably really, really young, I learned like that's not going to work here. Like, that's not the situation. That's not the setup. Um, and so I have to figure out another way. I just need to deal with it myself or pretend it's not there or and I think like you, like there was a little bit of that role reversal in the family home and I'm way more comfortable being there for other people. I'm very comfortable Mm -hmm. around people's difficult emotions, but when I have my own, like, and we've had those interactions where I'm like, it it still feels scary to like open up to you. Yeah. 
and you have to like affirm me and be like, no, I'm not to like, I'm here when you don't have it all together. Like you, yeah. you don't have, you know, so it's very much so a process. It's almost like there's a story that being vulnerable and being your true self means rejection. Mm. It's like you have to keep up a certain image because if you show your humanness to others, they won't like it and they won't like you. And I have had to work so hard to unlearn that story and to kind of denounce that story Mm -hmm. because I feel like I also started to attract things and situations and people that would affirm that story because it was so deeply rooted in my subconscious that I would show up in a very superficial way and so I would attract very superficial connections Mm. and when I would then show my humanness eventually because I'm human those Mm -hmm. connections did not withhold that you know that conflict or that that realness like they broke very easily yes and to me I then internalized that as see when I'm human when I'm real uh people leave me the relationship Mm. ends but then I really had to learn that that was not true because and and this is just taking such a different route but this is good keep going yeah I had to learn that that wasn't true and the only way I learned that was through really accepting who I was and really seeing my worth you know what I mean like it's Mm. just like self-love pretty much and once I learned that I was able then to just um show up a little bit more vulnerably in relationships. I still struggle with it at times. I still find myself keeping things surface level with people that are already in my life that already love me, Mm -hmm. but I work hard now to like be more vulnerable and just be like, Hey, like this is how I'm feeling. Like I'm going through this and you know, people, I feel like now that my internal uh, dialogue has kind of dropped that story. I see it also outside where people are like, we love you regardless. Like mm-hmm. I see you, I see this ugly part of you. We're going to talk about it, but I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to love you. I don't know where that thought came from or why I said it, but I don't know how to round it back around. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was from coping mechanisms. I was just pretty much saying that I feel like that's where some of mine came from. Like it's, it was from that story of, uh, if you're vulnerable, people will leave. Therefore, I started internalizing and my ways of coping started being like food, like things like food or sleep versus like talking to people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. That's interesting that the pattern um, for both of us, like never included another person and never mm-hmm. included like someone else like entering into like what we were going through. Um, and I think that says a lot about our family of origin and like what that, the home life looked like, um, how we saw it modeled too. Like, I can't say, I, I just, I haven't, I don't even have any idea like how I saw people deal with emotions. Like I just remember Mm -hmm. like never having a conversation like when my sister passed, I do not remember at all a conversation happening. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Um, I mean, I was 12, 
but like wow we had a i remember we had like a psychologist come and he played games with us after like a four like four weeks of him like coming he's like i think the girls are fine and he just like left and i remember thinking like (laughs) what i never even talked about what happened you know like it was just like i don't know i guess yeah so that was really wow where would i i know we just we i guess we like seemed like happy-go-lucky kids like we're not like moping around (laughs) he did not deserve his license (laughs) (laughs) can we find him and sue him (laughs) you know like and i remember too like he would come he's such a nice guy and we would play like games and the whole family would be there my mom would like make him like shy and stuff like that and um it was like a guest coming to our house i'm like mm-hmm. boy you ain't do your job you had one right. job right help me out <laughs> but yeah i guess you started talking about like what um coping dealing with stress look like for congolese people um anything well, else me, around that you know i can't i can't speak around congolese people in general um, sure. I will use general terms a lot here because I've I have cousins, you know, I have friends that are Congolese and our collective experience tends to be similar. But, you know, I can't speak for everybody. But in my sure. case, it was definitely keep your cards close to your chest. Most definitely. I uh, Similarly, I mean, I remember hearing about like a family that it was in the community very close to us um and eventually got out like somebody was like abusing like the the youngest daughter mm-hmm. and she had tried to tell her dad um and there was a lot of messed up stuff going on in that family just a lot of conflict and just a mess and eventually we found out when we were much older and I was talking to somebody else like another adult about it and I was like oh my gosh like we didn't know this whole time like we could have done something Mm. And um, that adult said, well, at least she didn't tell her business. So she honored the family. Mm -mm. And I remember thinking like, huh, that 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 was the right (laughs) thing to do. Like, yeah, her to like suffer as a child in silence for years. And we were all around like thinking, you know, so that she doesn't tell the business. That's honorable right and i'm like "Mm, that's something i'm not gonna live by i don't care that's a no that's a no i would never want someone to not tell my business if i was harming them Mm -hmm. embarrass me (laughs) go ahead (laughs) that's not right that just fell off in my spirit i was like nope 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 big nope um and so yeah i see that like just not talking about things not wanting to deal with difficult, very avoidant, um, like in general, like I, I would say like mm-hmm. Abisha, um, you know, Ethiopians and Eritreans. Um, and there's also like very avoidant, but then in the moment also a bit like fragile emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times like children like are, our community like the kids that generation um we couldn't like go to our parents and be like this is what's going on we just didn't Mm -hmm. think our parents could handle it emotionally you know what i mean you know what i mean like emotional security yeah it's like i think it would be too hard on them so i'm gonna handle it as a 10 year old 
Like, yeah. how off does that sound? But yeah. that was, like, literally the lens through which we thought a lot of things, and that's how we handled it. Like, I'd rather just, like, absorb this and just eat this situation and figure it out by myself than, like, either they're going to get mad at me or they're going to feel mm-hmm. bad or it's just going to be too much. Yeah. They're going to be stressed about the situation, so I don't want to mm-hmm. stress them out. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And I think it's important to understand, like, the root, like, you're discussing um, the root of your coping mechanisms, like, where they could have come from and how I am, because I think it helps us um, have compassion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Having compassion for ourselves. Um, I think this conversation is, like, if you notice that you have unhealthy coping mechanisms, be kind to yourself because they came out of a need to survive. Like Mm -hmm. Monkey said in the beginning, like it's not. And now as an adult, as you're getting awareness, you have the power to change it and not keep playing it out. But also at the same time, understand that it was needed at some point. It was mm-hmm. serving you. It was protecting you. It was helping you survive. Absolutely. And now that you're in a new season of life, it's time to let go of certain habits that are no longer serving you. It's That's just like reframe the way that you think about yourself and that, about the way that you think about your coping me- mechanisms. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. Like definitely being like charitable towards yourself because that's just all you had, you know, and it Mm -hmm. helped you in that season. Like you said, it, it served you. Um, but then just leaving it in that season. And I think that's part of like why we wanted to have the conversation. And I'm so glad this is like where it went because I didn't want this conversation to be like, okay, these are some really bad habits and these are better ones (laughs) in a very like linear, Mm -hmm. like cerebral way. Mm -hmm. But like this conversation has to be very like it's very integrated, if if that makes sense. Like, you know, as I'm talking about it, I'm like, I'm realizing like my attachment issues. I'm realizing Mm -hmm. like um, there's a a fear that even now, like people can't handle my my negative emotions, like if I want to express them Um, and And so I just don't and I don't like I don't really pursue or I haven't in the past had um, expected my friends to do that for me or, Mm -hmm. you know, because I never did that before and whatever. And so it's less about like trading bad habits for good habits, but more about like doing the hard like personal work. And then you kind of like know the need because some of the unmet need is that I needed like someone to connect with. You know what I mean? So definitely. It's, um, I'm just, I was just going to say, like, it just feels like, um, there are just seasons in life where you think you've done the work and then something comes up and you're like, actually that was still there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think pursuing wholeness and healing is just, it's a lifelong journey. It's a never ending journey. Different seasons will reveal different things. Mm Mm-hmm. And shit gets hard sometimes. Like right now for me, that's coming up a lot. Like I'm feeling a lot of sadness even around this conversation because I'm realizing that I'm not where I thought I was, which means there's a lot more work left to be done or there's a lot of work that I thought I had done that 
hasn't stuck necessarily. So I have to do some more digging and some more exploring and some more integrating mm-hmm. of all the knowledge that I've learned about myself through podcasts, books, um, soon to be therapy. That's, you know, that's the only way you have to be curious mm-hmm. <laughs> about yourself and you have to be curious about the tools and resources to make yourself better. So anyways, I was just saying that just came up for me where I'm like, oh, girl, you still got a long way to go or you still got a lot to work on. Not a long way to go, but a lot, yeah, to, a lot work to work on. No, on. Well, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I think. I think a lot of the work is like coming into awareness of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you're like, hmm, I'm seeing this, like I'm noticing, I'm observing. And I mean, partly without, hopefully without judgment towards yourself. Yes. I think that's a lot of the no. work. Yeah. And definitely. I heard in a podcast once and it was like around mental health and emotional intelligence. And um, his therapist said, to this uh the co-host he he said um for you the journey is going to be less about gaining more insight and more about breaking free Mm. and I think yeah yeah I was like hmm (laughs) it's very like yeah it's very easy to be on this journey and wanting to like accumulate more and more and more knowledge, more and more and right. more insight. And I'm not saying that's bad. It's it's definitely good. It's re- definitely fruitful. But like it gets to a point where you're like, okay, like I I know it. Now it's time to like find freedom to get out of this like bondage to and, actually uh, be free, like to actually actually find be free. Yeah. Not to learn about being free, but to be to be free. To be free. Woo, to be whole. What a thought. So. A thought. A word. A word. So, with all that being said, what time is it, Maki? It's self-care tip time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go, baby. So, when we did the research, uh, they were pretty much categorized into two Um two parts two ways one being problem focused coping which addresses the problem causing the distress so um for example that would be like asking for help um you know taking public transportation if your car breaks down um planning um and then the second would be emotion focused uh, which aims to reduce the negative emotions associated with the problem um that would be like acceptance um you know positive reframing um you know negative one would be like avoidance like we were talking about so Mm. yeah those two are kind of the major categories there are a few others that we found but I feel like most people break them down like that um but yeah do you have like more skills that you'd want to share under healthy Per like the breakdown that you gave. So emotion focused coping skills. Um, for example, it's like when you're feeling angry or when you're feeling lonely, a way that you could manage that is to do things like going for a walk, giving yourself a pep talk, 
um, things that soothe your emotions pretty much or temporarily distract you or help you tolerate your distress because coping is really it's like an essential thing it's gonna happen Mm -hmm. it's just that you're trying to figure out how to cope with the stressful situation so yeah a way to do that is to soothe yourself emotionally listen to music exercise pray read a book things like that um with when it comes to problem focused skills you could do things like ask support from friends um create a to-do list like if you're in an unhealthy relationship a problem focused approach would be to leave the relationship so problem focus it's like you're really addressing what is happening in that Mm -hmm. moment by removing yourself or by taking action so those are the ways in which you can cope in a healthy manner um and that's kind of part of our self-care tip too this week um something something that i read when in the article was proactive coping which psychologists say have the best effect on coping on people so it says proactive coping has been found to be an effective way to help people deal with predictable changes like for example, a decline in incoming an in income during retirement. Like you can proactively jump on something like that by saving, by picking up another job. So like when things in terms of like coping, when it's like a stressful situation that you can see coming, proactive coping is actually the most effective way to like deal with those situations. Just planning mm. ahead and being like ready for the problem to come down the line. That's great. Um when you mentioned that it made me think of uh, a coworker that I have. She, um, take, when I say she takes really good care of herself, she does. And she puts on these like week long workshops and travels a lot. Well, this is before COVID, but traveled a lot for them. And, mm. uh, and they're really like intense, very emotionally exhausting. And so she would basically like, um, reduce her work schedule, her workload, um, the like three four days afterwards and she'd always have a plan and would and would always like have like leave that city a day later Mm -hmm. um and not let i guess like leaving the workshop and then quickly getting on a plane and traveling back but like giving herself time to like unwind Yeah. yeah enjoy unwind all of it um and she like would always plan that out um so that's interesting that you brought that up made me think of that yeah, that's an awesome way of taking care of yourself. I love that. So that was the self-care tip, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely message us, email us, contact us. Um, the best way is through Instagram DM at Podcast. Um, and then also our email, amiholyetpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. Am I whole yet pod? Um, are we on Twitter, Mark? We are a little bit. We're a little, <laughs> we're a little rusty, but we're, we're there. We'll see the message. But yeah, DM us like, what do you guys, what are your thoughts? What are some of the ways you've seen yourself coping um, in healthy or maybe unhealthy ways? Um, we want to hear from you. So contact us. We love you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.